have a comment from Rich on yesterday's show on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. Yesterday's show, if you'll remember, was a show about the Hornets winning a basketball game, a show about excellence. It was a show that should have been full of joy and jubilation and celebration. And here's the comment. Rich says, David is a Debbie Downer today. You're right. You are Debbie Downer. <laughs> Specifics. Specifics. Yeah, you were you were a Debbie Downer yesterday. How so? Because you were you were saying, well, they didn't have Chris stops. This doesn't this isn't really reflective of the future. You weren't embracing the moment of joy that our hardcore Hornets fans were feeling at that moment. You were being too real. You were being a David Downer. Listen, <clears throat> if you want a pat on the head and a little kiss on the cheek and you tell you everything's going to be okay, this is not the place to go. That's what I want. I want all of those things. <laughs> well, wait till Christmas. Be nice. <laughs> Write your list out. Be good little boys and girls and maybe you'll get a couple more wins. And then we can talk about something. Today is Draft Wednesday. I'm going to set up the draft now between David, Nick, and I. Um, here, Let's get the rules straight now so that there's no confusion, okay? First pick can be anybody. You can pick anyone. Giannis, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, anybody. Then the rest of the picks have to be from, a Horn- from the Hornets-Raptors matchup tonight. So get your rosters out. Make sure you know who you're drafting, because we'll do that in a few minutes. Is that fair? Does everyone is everyone clear on the rules? Yeah. Yeah. Are you? Are you? This goes to the very last pick, right? So that means like when we get to the last pick, you can't just be like, "Oh, I don't know what's going on. I'm going to pick Giannis," right? That's correct. Okay. You can pick Giannis with the first pick. I don't. Why would I do that? Why would anyone do that? Do what? Do, why would anyone cheat? I don't know. You tell us. Low, I think lowest points in this one, in honor of the Hornets playing the Raptors, the lowest points should have to dress up as a Canadian Mountie on a fun Friday. Okay. Hey, what, what? That sounds like an agreement. Okay, great. That's the bet. No. That's the bet. Yep. Uh, yep. That's it. Hey, I'm curious. What was so negative? I, because I was positive on Kemba. You were kind of negative on Kemba. Um, I'm trying to think of some other areas I could have been negative on well you've got plenty of opportunities in this show so let's get started you are locked on hornets part of the locked on podcast network your team every day in a minute cause we live we live This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. I'm Doug Branson, and I cover the Hornets for this fine show. And for Fan Rag Sports, I'm joined by the panel, hallowed be thy names, from the mean streets of Cotswold, the man, the myth, the legend. He's been covering the Hornets since they were the Bobcats for AtTheHive.com, David Walker. Yeah, I've been covering since the Bobcats. There's no wonder I'm a Debbie Downer. (laughs) You're right. You are Debbie Downer. <laughs> David L on the chat says it's okay to be realistic about this team, but sometimes it just feels good to see things through those purple and teal glasses. So don't be a okay. David Downer. 
uh, from the capital city, Nick Denning. He is an editor on AtTheHive.com, and he writes for us on LockedOnHornets.com. Buzzworthy, you can check it out every weekday afternoon, around noon, that posts, links, and cool things that you need to be paying attention to around the Charlotte Hornets. Nick Denning, what's going on? Today's Buzzworthy, bring back the Bobcats. No, stop it. Stop it. (laughs) Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Draft. Join our listener draft later today at 4 o'clock. You can uh, take our money. Sign up at draft.com, promo code LOHORNETS. You can follow me on the draft app at LOHDUG to get in on the listener draft at 4 o'clock. We are going to do a live draft here on the show uh, in a few minutes. I'm begging you to take my money. I want you to have my money, so get on draft, sign up, use the promo code LOHORNETS, and then draft with us later today. We've got a great show. We're going to preview this Raptors game tonight. Big game for the Hornets. We're going to live draft the Hornets-Raptors game. I'm going to tell you why and how I think that acting head coach Steven Silas is starting to reshape this team in his image. And finally, we have to talk about Hornets trade, quote, 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 rumors, unquote, unquote, unquote. Because they're not really rumors. But they're out there, and I want to talk about them. But first... The Hornets take on the Raptors tonight in Charlotte, the final game of a four-game homestand before they travel to Milwaukee on Friday. This will be the second of four meetings between the two teams. In the first matchup, the Hornets were without their leader, Kemba Walker, and without an answer for Kyle Lowry, who scored 36 points in a Raptors win, 126-113 to in Toronto. The Hornets are fresh off a win over the Knicks on Monday. That snapped a three-game losing streak. David, what are you looking for from the Hornets tonight? David's muted. Uh Uh-oh, David's muted. (laughs) Okay. As I was saying, you couldn't hear me because I was so excited because they're going to win. Everything's going to be wonderful. They're going to play well. Everyone's going to be fantastic. (laughs) Is that that what we're looking for? Is that what we're doing now? Sounds like you're salty. You're so saucy. Yeah. Uh, No, I think having Kemba back is the big thing. But I mean, you want to try and get DeRozan to shoot as many three pointers as he can because otherwise he's going to rip them apart like he's done so many times in the past. Uh, So that would be the key. But I mean, honestly, guys, for me, until they show the consistency that we need to see, it's really all about what the Hornets do. Yeah. As opposed to who they're playing. So, you know, that effort they gave the other night was fantastic. The way they played against the Knicks was was great on the whole. Um, and I think Nick hit on a couple of things. It was Nick and Nick Batum, that is, and Dwight Howard really starting things off. And Dwight specifically getting in some touches early, getting him involved, and then having Nick kind of fire things up, um, you know, on the defensive end, really, I think really sparked them. So, I mean, just same, you got, they got to play like that some more. They got to play with that intense purpose. Um, and stay focused. Nick, what do you think? What are the keys to tonight's game? What will you be watching for? Just uh, will, will the game plan from Monday's game carry over? I mean, this is, you know, this whole shortened rotation is supposed to generate some more wins. It obviously got them one on Monday, um, but it means nothing if it doesn't happen on a consistent basis. So, yeah, I want to see if, if the team continues to strengthen that second unit. Um, you know, whether 
different guys continue to step up, especially if Kimball Walker's struggling to be nice. He could have a bounce back game tonight because that would make, that would make things easier regardless. Um, but yeah, can, you know, continuity, we got to just, we got to translate, you know, the win on Monday and, and carry it over till today. Nick mentioned shortening the rotation. David, what do you, how do you think that's played out over the past couple of games? So do you like that move by Steven Silas to not play Malik Monk, not play Dwayne Bacon, rely on veterans, rely on players who have known this system for uh, at least a year. How has that worked out in your mind? Mm, well, I mean, it kind of got him back on track. He had to try something. He tried putting Monk in the starting lineup. He Now he's going to this bit of a shortened rotation. So I just like that he's trying some things, and it obviously resulted in a win. I mean, this isn't the first time we've seen DNPs from, from Monk and Bacon, so it's not like a, a totally new philosophy. But he's got to trust those guys. Uh, but I mean, more than anything, I, like Batum's kind of rounding into form um, and you had help from the bench. Right. So, I mean, we talked so much about Frank that's been able to let him uh, or last night he, or two nights ago, he, he was a, a much bigger scorer. So, I mean, I think he's probably going to stick with it because it seems to be working. And you said something the other day and that, you know, he doesn't have a lot of time to try things out that aren't working. So like the monk thing in the starting lineup that didn't go so well, went away from that. So I'd imagine he'd stick with this until something changes. Yeah, and they haven't had a lot of practice time either, right? Because they've been playing yeah. kind of, you know, game and then day off, game, day off, and you're not going to, you know, practice and, and run your team into the ground unless you're Tom Thibodeau. So they haven't had a lot of time to really institute uh, really complex changes, but there have been some shifts, and I want to talk about those in just a moment. But first, let me just say this to anyone listening to us live or watching us live on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets, or on Twitter. We're streaming live on Twitter now. Uh, you can subscribe to us uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, whatever app you use to get podcast. Just search Locked on Hornets. Add us to your rotation because we are talking Hornets for at least a half an hour every morning. You can get your daily dose of Hornets news and analysis. David, let me ask you this. Are you are you in a place where you can uh, draft with us, live draft this Hornets-Raptors game? You know it. All right, so I'm going to create this so when this fills, you guys can uh, join up, and then we will we will get started. While we set that up, though, let me tell you about why draft is like fantasy basketball, but it's even better. On draft, you play real live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long leagues. It's a draft that lasts for just one night, and there's no management at all. You just set it and forget it, and uh, once you're done drafting, that's it. There are no trades, no waiver wires. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. So if you if you draft an injured player, you can go in there and uh, you can go in there and swap it out. Kean Crawford on the chat right now. What up, Ness? What's going on, Kean? We're about to live draft this Hornets Raptors game. So here are the rules for our live draft. Basically, you can pick anyone you want with the first pick. So I always like to go Giannis if I have it. It looks like I have third pick. Uh, that's, but worked LeBron- out, that's, worked out, that's worked out well for you, hasn't it? I like the third pick. It's really the only position of these like three, uh, the three team ones. It's really the only position I can win out of. Whenever I have the first pick, it's it's not gone well for me. And again, the loser of this, the bottom finisher between Nick, David, and I, will have to wear a Canadian Mountie 
uh, uniform on the next oh. uh, Fun Friday. Maybe not this Fun Friday because oh. I actually have to buy the uniform. Yeah, uh, I don't think we're doing that though, Doug. Yeah, we're totally doing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Nick owes me All a hot right. chip, and then no, I'm I'm keeping tabs. By the way, so just don't worry. I, I've got all of you're this, only, all of the stuff the that you guys owe me for losing in this one. one. <laughs> you're the only one making these bets. Yeah, I know. No, no. Yeah, you're just betting yourself here. Nope, you guys are way, definitely. So go go uh, go ahead there, uh, David. You're up. Yeah. Um, All right. So Nick takes James Harden with the first pick. I'll probably put this up on the screen so you guys can follow along. Well, I could if I had that set up. There we go. All right, David uh, picks Kevin Durant. I've got 20 seconds here. These things go by really quick. That's kind of what I like about draft is that you don't have to spend a lot of time. Uh, these things are 30 second picks and it's a, again, it's a snake draft. So you just, uh, you know, I think I get another pick now. All right. Now I have to pick a Raptor or I'm going to go, you know what? I'm going to go Kimba Walker here. I think he, I think he's dying to get his three point shot back on track. He's over 13 in his past two games, but I think that's going to signal big things for Kimba Walker as he, uh, he always does well against the Raptors as our smart listener, Danny, Danny T on the chat points out Kimba has a history of going off against the Raptors. He says he feels like he's going to need to have an efficient night for us to win. And yeah, definitely. I mean, Kimba's going to be key to this one. They've got to get some shooting uh, from both Kimba Walker and I think Jeremy Lamb off the bench, who has struggled the past few games as well, especially early. Really feel like Lamb's got to get things going early. All right, next couple of picks go to David, who picks. Dwight Howard and Kyle, or excuse me, that's no, Nick. That me. Nick's that got Dwight Howard and Kyle Lowry. Uh, this is solid picks there. All right, what are you thinking, David? I should read some. <laughs> Who plays for the Raptors? Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. There, there's no way to filter by team, which. Um, yeah, that is. Really makes this like, a little difficult. It's just an extra challenge. That's cool. I love it. Doug obviously loves it too because it's hard to find guys when you're scrolling up and down looking for Tor and Shaw. All right, I just selected Ananobi. Mm-hmm. That's your boy. And Jeremy Lamb is not even on this. I thought I saw him. <laughs> I, t- I searched Lamb, Jeremy, nothing. Oh, I can't. I can't. Pick I'm taking the two defensive stalwarts, OG Ananobi and Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Yes, mm-hmm. they're rated low on this, but I have a feeling that they're going to come through for me. Is Kaminsky a center? I guess they have Kaminsky as a center. Oh, that would have been a good. That would have been picks. a good pickup. That was my pick. Oh, whoops. Well, I hope someone is auto queued up. That's a. Uh, Raptor or Hornet because I can't get back to the screen. Oh gosh! <laughs> All right, these things are. Oh, yep. There we, we go. Yeah, you got Valanciunas. All right. <laughs> That's why you queue it up, boys and girls. I have no idea. I need some Fords. <laughs> this is my, testing my you. Hey, oh let me, God! Let me try to look it up for you. Someone Sabonis is in my. All right, CJ Miles. Can you get CJ Miles, Serge Ibaka? Yep. Yep. There we go. Cabacolo. I'm just reeling off yeah. forwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Baca might be hurt, though. What is this? Questionable. 
questionable. That's that's not good. Well, just take, him, just take him anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I'm picking that's Frank. I, well, it's good that Frank Kaminsky is a center because that's who I'm going to take. I mean, because that's my only. So yeah, you pick two point guard. You pick two guards, two forwards, and a center. And I'm gonna, I'm going to need that center. We probably shouldn't do this with three people in the future because that's gonna make it. That's making the player selection a little tight. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is getting down to the really this lower portions of anyone. Ooh, great radio. What up, oh, Marvin? Marvin. That was such a solid pick. All right, we've got our teams. We've got our teams. Fantastic. Come and join us on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes or play right from your computer on Draft.com, whatever you want. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use my promo code LOHORNETS. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using my promo code LOHORNETS on your first deposit on Draft. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Here on Basketball Reference, one of the, my favorite things is the nicknames they have listed for people. Mm-hmm. Take a guess at what Zach Collins' nickname is. Uh, the, the Big Cricket. Doug. Doug. <laughs> yes, I can. A really good How am I supposed to compete with the Big Cricket? <laughs> Doesn't make sense. Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. Coming up, forget Christmas creep. Nothing holds a candle to trade rumor season creep. It's already here. There's talk around the Hornets. The question is, how legitimate is it? We'll get to that in just a moment. But first, I've got something that I'll be keeping my eye on tonight when the Hornets take on the Toronto Raptors. And my eye is going to be squarely on the bench on acting head coach Steven Silas. I'm going to be watching for the subtle imprints of Steven Silas, the coach, the acting head coach on the Hornets as they continue to fight through this make-or-break stretch. Here's Steven Silas after practice yesterday on what he li- he would like to see carry over into tonight's game against Toronto. Let's take a listen and a look at that. Uh, we picked up our fast break game last night. It was a lot better. We had 15 fast break points. And, you know, when you're playing against these teams that are really good defensively, you have to find a way to get some easy baskets. And uh, we did that last night with our transition. And then uh, the three-point shot is key as well. And we made 10 of them last night. So uh, having carry over from one game to the next is big for us, especially when you're successful. So the Hornets were really aggressive with their ball pressure against New York, jumping into passing lanes, getting steals, and getting out into transition. It's something that Silas, if you've been listening to this show or if you've been listening to his post-game press conferences, it's been something that he's been emphasizing since he took over as acting head coach. I was curious as to how the Hornets were doing in transition this season, so I went to our friends at cleaningtheglass.com And CTG has them ranked 17th in frequency in transition. They've been no better than 25th in the entire Steve Clifford era. They are 7th in points per play this season. A lot of that has to do with how well Michael Kidd-Gilchrist has been effectively running the break. He's basically a one-man fast break most of the time. They are ranked 7th in transition off steals. They were ranked 29th in that category last season, 24th before that, and 29th the season before that. 
In Silas's first game as acting head coach, the Hornets had 13 steals. That was a season high. In his nine games as head coach, the Hornets are 16th in steals. In the 21 games before, they were ranked dead last. Now you might be saying, Doug, play me some of that sweet, small sample size music. We're talking about nine games here. How can you make a judgment on nine games? Well, hold on. Hold on, David Downer, because... I've don't got, bring me in. Don't bring me into your read. You're hold, talking to yourself. You hold on. Know. Hold on, David Downer. Let me tell you why I think this. Because if you'll remember, Stephen Silas was a leading candidate for the head assistant job with the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors would eventually go with Mike Brown because they wanted someone with head coaching experience in case Steve Kerr had to be absent for a long period of time again. A little ironic considering where Silas is right now, but the point is... The Golden State Warriors obviously thought he fit within their program. The Golden State Warriors are all about, what are they all about? Pushing the pace, forcing steals, creating chaos, and scoring quickly. Some of the things that we've started to see the Hornets offense do. Now, some of that is out of necessity. It's not necessarily out of scheme and 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 personnel, but they've had to do it because they need easy offense to play some of these teams that they've been playing. But we're now entering a third week without Coach Steve Clifford at the helm. Before the Knicks game, Silas said that, quote, he's pretty much, referring to Steve Clifford here, quote, he's pretty much at where he was a couple of weeks ago. He's kind of still in the same place, trying to figure out what's going on, unquote. Doesn't sound like we're nearing a resolution on this anytime soon. And let's be clear, Coach Silas and Clifford communicate daily, but... Silas is always quick to say that Clifford is letting him coach this team how he sees fit. This is not a proxy coach situation. While the wins have been few and far between in Clifford's absence, we've seen this team do a couple of things. They've continued to fight. They've stayed together through a really tough stretch of close losses and blowouts alike. And you shouldn't take that for granted because there are plenty of teams that have shown after that kind of adversity that they can't hold it together even with their their actual head coach at the helm. This could have and could still completely fall off the rails, but it hasn't yet. I think that's a testament to Silas to hold this team together in the absence of Steve Clifford, who is universally respected in the locker room. Silas said that not having Clifford there has been a hole in their culture. You're seeing team leaders step up and be vocal and be supported for being vocal, and now I think you're starting to see Steven Silas put his coaching stamp on this team. We talked about the ways the offense is beginning to shift over the past couple of episodes. Less usage for Dwight, but better opportunities for Dwight Howard. Now we're starting to see the defense shift a little more. More ball pressure. More steals. Clifford and Steven Silas share a lot of the same basketball philosophies, but they are not the same person. They don't have the same mind. And I think tonight, and moving forward, you're going to see a team taking on the character who for now is from who for now is leading this team through a tough time and leading them well, and that's uh, Steven Silas. So there's my take on what's going on with the Hornets right now. Let's send it back to the panel. David, what do you think about what I just laid out there? <laughs> I love it when you talk to yourself and ask yourself questions and then answer them. Um, <laughs> Listen, I, 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 th- these yeah. were good questions. They were solid questions and solid answers. Uh, good on both ends. No, I'm with you, man. Like I said before, I, I've just been encouraged by the way he's tried out a few different things. Um, maybe some of that was out of necessity or just a last-ditch effort to try and get things on track. But 
that's been something I've enjoyed seeing, just him trying out different things, different lineups, Monk starting, Monk not playing, you know, shortening the rotation. So, I mean, it's definitely a learning curve for him. But I think starting off, it was such a shock. I think I'm assuming it was a shock for him because the Clifford absence happened so quickly. You know, maybe he's starting to get his sea legs under him and uh, getting a little more comfortable. But it doesn't seem like, I mean, it's hard to tell because the losing streak didn't stop as soon as he took over. But but I don't think that losing Clifford off the bench, you know, like shook the team to its core. You know, they were able to hold together. And I said something about the players and the remaining coaches there. So he's done an admirable job so far. Nick. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to tell, like, you know, how much his – I mean, I think, David, to your point where you kind of mentioned getting their sea legs in there, I think this has been an adjustment for Silas. It's been an adjustment for the players too. A um, lot of uncertainty about, you know, when Clifford's coming back. And I think that when you have a situation like this and you're also not winning games, it's it's very easy for things to kind of snowball on themselves. Um, the only, I guess, the silver lining in, in this current – like where they are right now is that aside from maybe the Houston game and maybe one, one or two others, they've been in all of these games. It stinks that they're not winning them ultimately, but this isn't a team that like, you know, I think you met, we've already said it. They're not, they're not folding on. They're not giving up necessarily. They just haven't been able to hit shots when they need it. They haven't been able to convert plays when they need it. Um, A little bit more of that. And maybe they start winning some of these close games and, you know, the season isn't over, but it's certainly they're not. I mean, eleven and nineteen is a is a very large hole to climb out of. But yeah, you know, it's it's. I I I, I guess more than anything, I'm happy to see that. You know, they're still willing to to try to turn it around. You're hearing the right things from the right players, and that that to me suggests that they're going to give this. You know, they're going to they're going to give this their all until the end. I think it's something to keep definitely keep your eye on in terms of how fast they're pushing the pace, especially off-life rebounds, how many steals they are yeah. acquiring, because these are things that have not been representative of of what Hornets basketball is. Now, is that a sign, again, of, of a little bit of different personnel with Dwight Howard wanting to get him down the floor quickly, find good post-up opportunities for him when the defense is not fully set? You know, but maybe. And and the, the numbers that I read you from, from Cleaning the Glass, to be fair, are season-long numbers. So yeah. we've got to see how this continues to filter out. But if you start to see their transition opportunities go up, if you continue to see their steals go up, to me, that represents a slightly different direction for this team offensively and defensively than we've seen uh, in, in years past. And I think that is definitely worth noting. As I said, Silas was... A a uh, um, a leading candidate for that head assistant job in Golden State, and you don't hire a head assistant that doesn't share some of the same philosophies. Yeah, to that to that point, you, I mean, and I, if you seem to notice tonight, I haven't really looked for it, and so now that you know, but now that you mentioned it, I'm going to look for it tonight. You know, Clifford's always stressed, you know, defensive rebounding, and to that, and, and mm-hmm. to the point where it limits probably how much they get out and run. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd, I'd be curious to see if, if, I mean, obviously they're still trying to get tons of rebounds, but have they, you know, is he letting a couple of players leak out a little bit more now? Um, you know, is this, because that would point to a team trying to get out and run and run on the fast break a little bit more. And, you know, as I think you mentioned, as Silas said in those comments, I mean, they, they're to get easy buckets in any way they can. Maybe he views, you know, fast break points, transition points as a way to do that. Yeah, I feel it. 
This is Locked On Hornets. Our boys got to go Cobra Kai. We got to go 80s villain defense. Grow a goatee. Do the uh, gladiator stab him real quick in the ribs before Have an the Eastern game. European accent. Only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. David is the key, the king of stepping on my bumps. All over oh. my bumps, David. Oh, is that what is that what happened, David? <laughs> that's it. You're, you know what? I, I think you're going to have to wear the Canadian Mountie uniform, regardless of of what the of what the standings I'll, are. I'm going to rig it. I'll tell you where you can put that Mountie, uh, Doug. Um, Final no, thoughts I, on this, so we can move on to these oh. Nick Batumers. Um. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you forget it? No, I was just gonna say I think um, Michael K. Gilchrist is one of those guys that's playing a bit different this year, being healthy and trying to get out on the break a little bit more, and he's really affecting that fast break game in my eyes. At least he looks that way to me. He's, he's pulling off one or two nice moves at night in the open court, um, and that was it. You kind of ruined my flow when you dropped your drop right on my head. Uh, you know go. what? I think you're you are blaming everyone right now for your negativity and your lack of flow. I think it's time to take some personal responsibility for this show. All right. I can't believe how early we're going to be talking about what we're about to talk about. Everyone is already firing up the trade machine, and we haven't even played the Christmas games yet. Several Hornets names are popping up all over Speculation City, including Michael Kick Gilchrist and Nick Batum. First from Steve Kyler of Basketball Insiders. He writes an article called NBA Daily. There are some NBA trades to be had where he essentially runs down some names that Steve Kyler thinks could end up on the trade block. And Nick Batum and Michael Kidd Gilchrist show up in that article. Then, this is see, this is how the sausage gets made now. It's, it's a little bit different than when we first covered this a few seasons ago. Then, Swarm and Sting, the fan-sided blog, writes a post about the post. It's like postception, post about the post, called Rumor Charlotte Hornets Could Look to Trade Nick Batum or Michael Kidd Gilchrist. This is this is not a rumor. This does not you can't count this as a rumor. No, I don't think so. But <laughs> I, it wasn't Kyler more gearing it towards this. These are the two guys that would kind of be targeted. I mean, one Nick Batum for his large contract, right? But that's going to be tough, and so. The Michael K. Gilchrist moving him, trying to do something there. I mean, that's kind of what we had talked about. Or, or when you look at this team, that, that that means those are the logical choices, I guess, but not in the rumor category. I mean, he said some other things in there that were kind of interesting, like Monk being being uh, a non-starter, not a non-starter. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he writes the prevailing thought in NBA circles is the Hornets have to move off a salary. First of all, what are what are these NBA circles? Where are where can I find and attend one of these NBA circles? These NBA geometric shapes where people have prevailing thoughts. That's what I that's first. Where are these NBA? I've never seen Kyler around Charlotte. 
So where are these NBA? Is it just the office? Is he just walking around the office going, hey, what do you think about the Hornets? What, what contracts do you think they'll move? Well, what contracts don't they like? There are no NBA circles. These are not... Re- but see, this is how it used to be. This is what it used to be. The old rumor mill that we talked about years ago where you'd have websites like the Christian Post, the Inquisitor, NBA-TradeRumors-.com, they would set up these forum boards where people would bounce around trade ideas, then they would write a post on the forum board post, then an outlet, uh, a local, maybe a local blog, whatever, would pick that up and call it a trade rumor. But those days are over. Why You don't see that anymore. Why? Because places like Basketball Insiders, Bleacher Report, uh, SB Nation realized how many clicks there were in the NBA trade rumor game and didn't want mom and pop click shops to, to get in on the action. So now we develop these quote-unquote quote trade rumors. They're not trade rumors. What do you think, Nick? I mean, shouldn't the Hornets be looking at, at trades right now anyway, though? I mean, their their phone lines should be open, but yeah. I've the said this. The phone lines are open. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I, I've can't know if I said this on air here or just aloud to myself. But um, this team, if, if like the direction of this team, like like is to you know start over, quote unquote, um, or moving between moving Gilchrist is a sign that they're trying to probably you know rebuild either soon or you know, in the, in, in the near future, um, that's not going to be the, the, the idea that like the, the current front office and coaching staff, like they're not probably that interested in that. Like they're interested in salvaging the season and salvaging their jobs. And so any move that dumps, that moves Nick Batum or another significant piece or two would more than likely come from the next administration who's, who is hired to, make that, make those changes. Um, so I, I, you know, we can talk about these rumors. They're rumors. not rumors. Okay. Not rumors, not rumors. Uh, we can talk about this, but we have to understand that the likelihood that this is actually happens this season is low unless we see a direct signal from MJ or the, you know, from the ownership that suggests, Hey, and- we're calling it on this, on this attempt to become good. We're gonna we're gonna start we're gonna go a different direction. And everything that that has happened up until now has signaled that they want to continue to win basketball games. And and yes, it would be nice if the Hornets could move a salary because they are so capped. They're they're so capped that they're going to be up against it next off season. So there's not a lot of flexibility to make changes, even if they wanted to in the, in the next off season. So if they could move a contract, that would certainly be uh, helpful. But at the same time, I don't think they're going to do it to the detriment of their win loss record, which is already teeter tottering on, on failure on not making the playoffs. And I'll also say this, the same thing that I said uh, a couple of episodes ago, that if you trade now, if you make a trade before, significantly before the deadline, you're normally going to have to pay a premium or not get back anywhere close to the value for the player that you are, you are sending off, whether that be a Batum or a Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, unless 
There is a caveat. There is one way that they could possibly swing a deal that would bring them back as much, if not more, value for the piece that they send away. If they can find a team, a willing trade partner, that is just as desperate as the Hornets are. And there is one team out there that right now is just as desperate, that has as many questions as the Charlotte Hornets right now, and they are teeter-tottering on failure, on not making the playoffs. Anyone want to take a guess at what team that is? The Thunder. The Oklahoma City Thunder. (laughs) That's the one team that I could possibly see the Hornets negotiating with where they would not be they would not be Anakin Skywalker versus Obi-Wan Kenobi on the lava planet. <laughs> they 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 would they would not have the low ground and then eventually make the trade and be burning in lava and become Darth Vader. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> what a reference to sequels. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, like, okay, so then what would be the what would be the deal? Like, I, I mean, I can think I of feel like it would, would be, be a Paul George type of move that that the Hornets would gain a player that could allow them to make the playoffs this season and and be able to free that salary up because it wouldn't be about retaining Paul George; it would be about gaining some flexibility in the next offseason. That's the to me, that's the golden trade. If you could make a deal that allowed you to acquire a player that could help you make the playoffs and free salary up for the next offseason, then buddy, you're in it. Well, this would be yeah. yeah. Go ahead, David. Aren't they? But that would kind of go against. I mean, isn't the whole point of making the playoffs here to establish some level of consistency with making the playoffs? And if you ship Paul George out, then they're obviously going to drop back down, not have a good solid draft pick if they make the playoffs, right? So. Fair point. I think I think th- I think that's a fair point, David. But at the same time, I think have we seen really any evidence yet that that this team has enough depth that if they took this same team into next season, that that it would suddenly become a a consistent factor, a, a consistent first round playoff winning team. I'm not sure about that. No, not yet. But yeah, I mean, I, that, that that would be the point to keep going. I yeah. guess I don't know. They they got to figure out what the hell they want to do. I, th- I think <laughs> it would be a it would be a, a rich show move. He's all about acquiring the uh, the expiring contract guy that can uh, help mid season, and then they can't afford him when he when they when he leaves in the summer. Courtney Lee. Um, yeah, this would be that on steroids. This would be like yeah. as soon as oh, absolutely. You, know, yeah. but, you know, I mean, could you, could you imagine? Like, I mean, honestly, like you could. I think you could convince George. Be like, look, we we won't even we won't even try. We know you want to go to L.A., so just <laughs> we'll, we'll buy. Yeah. yeah, we'll buy your plane ticket. Right, just buy in for like three or four months. Get us into the playoffs. Help your, you know, maybe raise your stock a little bit. Right. You could, in fact, then, he, you could, Paul. You can wear a Lakers jersey in every game except when we play the Lakers. We'll just, we'll, you, you, everyone will know. We'll tell everyone, hey, Paul is going to wear a Lakers jersey. We're going to wear Hornets jerseys. It's cool. It's tough. we fig- we've it's an agreement. We know what's going to happen. We're just we're leaning into it. That's what's happening. 
Don't you feel like they would try this and end up getting Mello back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's, well, that's I could finally I, was, I could yeah. finally dig up my uh, mellow Hornets mock-up that I made so long ago. You know, it's interesting you threw this team in there. Did you guys see the fifth? I guess it's the fifth. The fifth, the fifth Oklahoma City jersey. It looks like a, a rejected Bobcats jersey. Have you guys I'm seen sure this thing? It, yeah. Oh man. It oh, the OKC jersey. Yeah. Yeah. We need to talk. I want to maybe maybe next show or Fun Friday. We need to talk about all of the jersey leaks and what we because they leak like NBA 2K leaked all of those city jerseys, and I'd love to get your opinions on what your top three and bottom three are. So, and we could take some listener comments as oh, well yeah. and figure out what what the people are liking. So, I think that's a good segment for next show or maybe a fun Friday. Uh, Walker Keith on the chat saying Batum for Carmelo is a better trade, in my opinion. I don't know, Walker. I mean, the big thing that this Hornets team has lacked is two way play. Paul George would give them that. But this, hey, this is play? not a rumor. Have you, play? Have you guys seen Melo play anymore? I mean, he looked god awful in the Hornets game. Yeah. Yeah, he's struggling. Well, that whole that whole the construct is struggling. The the Russell Westbrook, Mello, Paul George. I mean, no, he, nobody saw it coming. It's just like the Chicago Bulls when they when they put all those pieces together. Like, how? Oh man, you're telling me that Rajon Rondo, Jimmy Butler, and Dwayne Wade would struggle offensively? What? Like, yeah. everyone saw this coming from a mile away, and now you have Oklahoma City desperate to try to figure something out, and that's where. That's where opportunity could be had, if not by the Hornets, then another team uh, that is looking to acquire some two-way play. So the the rest of the league will wait until they're so far gone that mm-hmm. you know, because like you said, everyone's like everyone knows, everyone's very aware about how bad Oklahoma is right now, how bad the Hornets are. You know, so yeah, maybe the only we, thing we, we do is put them to trade with each other. You know what? Though we should mention the Presti Cho uh, connection there too. So. They get back to their days in Seattle. Yeah, could be another. Right. Yeah. yeah, could be another Boston, Minnesota type of mm-hmm. type of connection. Don't try it, Anakin. I have the high ground. It's my Ewan McGregor impression. All right, that'll do it for us. We're out of time. We got to get out of here. We'll we'll come back tomorrow and talk more Hornets. We'll recap this game against Toronto and maybe talk some jerseys. Much more ahead for us here on Locked On Hornets. Thanks so much for listening or watching us live on Twitter or YouTube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes so you can listen to us. If you miss a show, you can catch up. iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher. Just search Locked On Hornets to get our podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. For David and Nick, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Sign up for Draft at Draft.com. Beat the Raptors. Let's swarm sharks.